Geek Shock. Geek Shock. Was that that was unintentional, right? The syphilis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah, syphilis you, is you usually also, unintentional. You also said Godzilla <laughs> instead of gorilla, which is even funnier. Did I? Yeah, <laughs> but I didn't correct you at the time. So I was like, nope, no point. Dude, I, I was just reading through that as fast as I could. So well, you get know, around to get a show done. They say he's got to go. Yes. Oh my god! Wow, that's, ah! that is some uh, that's some deep cuts, Jeff. Well, there goes Tokyo. Mm. <laughs> Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number 459. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Boop. Oh, I mean, fact check, Dandy. Maple Leaf Matt. And we're to talk week and geek. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's stuff at the beginning. We're, we're just, <laughs> we just did a read through of The Couchman mm. getting ready for Scoop Fest this weekend. And uh, I. This weekend? Yeah. I, I'd say that uh, everyone's in for a treat. <laughs> well, that might be a bit of an exaggeration, you but think? We'll, we'll do our best. <laughs> now, Scully put together an amazing script. I'm he really, really happy for this thing to finally uh, make its debut. But gentlemen, Andy's back. Yeah. Andy, Yay. how has the carnival changed you? Good. I got some notes about the show. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right. Are you serious? <laughs> All of that? Really? Yeah. He All did. He, did. he whipped out a long now, is this a Santa fun- Claus list yeah. of notes. Is this a functional prop this time? It's it not is. just a prop prop like last time? Oh, He's my God. He's got shit written on wow. it. It's you know what? taller than he is. You got like the first two cards, and I'm going to stop you. <laughs> oh, my God. Look at that. All right. So drunken monkey, yeah, drunken monkey Andy is a good concept. I like that green light on that. Oh Jesus! Uh, regarding the comparison to me to both Don Knotts and Tom Tim Conway, yes, I am my own the Apple Dumpling Gang. Uh, Andy Hartzell worked on the Back to the Future game. I'm pretty sure, and he got to direct Christopher Lloyd, the Telltale Games thing. I have no idea what he's talking about. Neither do I. I stopped listening. We're talking Telltale Games. You guys are talking about Telltale Games. Yes. So and, far, and I understand what the, he's and the Back to the Future game. I, yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, Dr. No on TV, The Man with the Golden Gun in theaters. That was your first James Bond movie. Yes. Okay. And he thought uh, Scott Amanga was Ricardo Montalban. Yeah, it's been so long since I've seen it. I really thought it was Ricardo Montalban in my memory. <laughs> I, have completely, I, have, I have completely recapped. Bond! If you got, if you got one actor, I guess. Yeah. Uh, he so thought yeah. he was watching an episode of Fantasy <laughs> Island. <laughs> and yeah, Scaramanga and Nick And yeah. Scaramanga. Oh, well, maybe guy. maybe he was confused because Bond does fly in on the seaplane and oh, then lands no. on the man with the golden with Scaramanga's island. That's true. There there are parallels. No, yes. I'm not saying there aren't. It's because Hervé Villages. Yes. Of course it is. By the other words, I'm saying it's the Andy common. is a racist, ableist. <laughs> well, I was yeah. saying it was yes, the combination. Yes, I of think two. all French little people look the same. It was de- <laughs> it was Deplain and Hervé Villages that that sold it for him. That's probably. I'm actually why. really interested in seeing that movie. By the way. Which movie? The, there's a there's a movie with uh, Peter Dinklage playing uh, Hervé Velasquez. It's a little my dinner bio, with Hervé. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Biopic. Never heard of it till no. now. It, I just I just saw the <laughs> I just recently saw the uh, the trailer in the theaters. Uh, it was interesting. It oh wait, it's so the actual movie. Yeah, yes, it's going to be an actual movie movie. movie. Yeah. Um, it's about like some reporter that 
that starts interviewing Hervé Villachez, and I guess they strike up a friendship or something. It's it's a really interesting. It uh, is called my Her- my dinner with Hervé. It please. is called yeah. my dinner with Hervé. Okay. Yes. Uh, yay! Disneyland field trip. I love that idea. Uh, the Cannonball Run. The uh, one of the Japanese guys, as Matt put it, is Jackie Chan in his first yes. US movie. Role. Yes. Uh, Burt Reynolds and Jerry Reed better than Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise in my opinion I totally totally disagree alright I will forever disagree with that one <laughs> that's, that's, that's definitely one of those you, you could go back and forth and for hours all you have to do to know that that statement you just made is wrong is watch <laughs> the outtakes at the end of both Cannonball Run and 1 and 2 okay yeah I, 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 I missed Dom DeLuise I missed the statement do, who, do, who do you like better Jerry Reed wrong you're absolutely wrong alright yeah, because those two... Uh, Don't get me wrong. There's good chemistry. Yeah. He, he he was friends with both of them in real life, but he loved hanging out with Dom DeLuise because he said Dom DeLuise was one of the few people that could just make him outright belly laugh. And let's face it, there's not a lot of FaceTime in Smoking the Bandit with Reed. And no. Not, not, yeah. They're hardly ever together. Yeah. yeah Reed all was, separate shots. Reed was good. Reed was yes. very good, and it was great chemistry, but for funny... Yes. It was it was Deloise because they're eastbound, all right, and down. Yeah, come I'm, I'm, I'm voting. I'm voting no on question three. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what makes Big Trouble in Little China work is that Jack Burton thinks he's a protagonist. Yes. Yeah. That nine, is true. Nine Men's Morris is a seriously challenging game. Really tough to play. Nine minutes of Morris. Nine Men's Morris. You mentioned it the oh. first game. Okay, that's the one that's yeah, in The Witcher. I've, I've played it. and It's hard. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Connor McLeod's Dragonhead Sword or the Idol from Indiana Jones. Okay, well, you know what? We have to at least let people know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> Those are the props that he would like to own in real life. Okay, so yes. what are the what are the props again? <laughs> Connor McLeod's Dragonhead why, Sword. Why are wow. you so far so Jeff far behind? I know. I know. This is great. I, I got it too. <laughs> <laughs> I am helping those who are listening. <laughs> the right people will get it. That's one of your your favorite lines. <laughs> oh yes, that's one of your true. favorite lines ever. We got to get that T-shirt made for Scoop Fest. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, All right. So the the sword and the idol from Indiana Jones. Okay. Yeah, the fertility idol. The accent of the homeless sidewalk shitter has gone from California dude to witchy poo from HR Puffin stuff. Okay, explain that one to me, guys. Matt's. Matt's, Matt's story. Story about you the, gotta go, you gotta go. Which is yeah, the way yeah. he used to do it. <laughs> and he sounded like Witchy Poo from HR Puffin stuff when he did that most recently. <laughs> yes. Oh, Nightmare Beaver is my Bjork cover band. <laughs> I really enjoyed uh, Kirsten's Random Max of Hawk the Slayer. Okay. Very nice. Oh, yeah, sending yeah. that. For Sam? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what the fuck? You threw away my belly on a pocket pussy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 it's funny talking to Andy. I finally figured out what uh, what I'd done. I, uh, in my financial distress, I'd gotten a roommate who was a female the first time before Andy, and I was like, I don't want this being found by any chance of accident. I don't care if the house catch a fire, whatever. I, I'd forgotten all about that because I just. I was like, oh shit, and I—that's when I got rid of them. Can you imagine that? You and this roommate standing, uh, your your house is just a charcoal yes, rubble, yes. And, and then the fire captain walks out. Perfect belladonnas <laughs> are in the fire. That's exactly what would happen. Uh, I'm sorry, Kay, but uh, Kirsten, everything—it's uh, all destroyed except this box of pocket pussies. Here you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I and can... roommate in question would just stare at me and then pick up the phone and start. Tweeting or texting or whatever. Yeah. You know, I didn't even think about the other side to this. Is like the poor 
you know, down and out person that's dumpster di- dumpster diving and comes across these things. You're like jackpot. <laughs> <laughs> well, you gotta go. You gotta go. <laughs> oh, I would like. I would like Sam. to. I would like to thank all of our new listeners who listen because of. Scoop Fest, this is probably your first show listening. And I hope ass. you're enjoying all of these callbacks. <laughs> well, yes, you know, to we're be definitely fair, accessible to new viewers. <laughs> to be fair, it gives them a mission to go seek out right. what he's talking about now. Oh, yes, they just only, like Lost. They only have to go back four episodes. <laughs> yeah, except, except with us, there'll actually be some resolution to the hunting. <laughs> As opposed to Lost, which had no actual fucking ending. Uh, so, uh, whoever did it, a uh, great Ludmilla. One of the one of the Greek one of the geeks said a great Ludmilla. That, that was, was uh, uh, Matt. Okay, yep. Maple Matt. Uh, and Maple whichever Matt. one handled no, no, no. my what, uh, Vermont what, Matt. Vermont yeah, Matt. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. And whichever one handled my uh, my uh, man spreading duties, good work too. Also, the nude spread news scream. I'm sorry. The news scream. When I went, oh, okay, yeah. I got you. When I handled that, I too. thought you said the uh, news scream. News scream. The nude I thought scream. he said nude scream. Yeah, <laughs> okay, nude scream. Like we do that all the time. I don't. <laughs> the new part of the show. Uh, I don't remember what this was about, but trash pandas. I approve this message. Somebody oh, said trash pandas. Oh, I like that, that, that was the uh, baseball team that got named the, the Rocket City Trash yes, Pandas. Okay. Uh, there was a seriously saddled hooray for Week and the Geek from somebody. Uh, <laughs> a sad hooray. Uh, uh, green light, red light, green light. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck? Really? Just like that? Green light, red light, green light. You know okay. what? That, yeah. that is so non sequitur that it actually works. Because that's how Andy's brain works. Uh, yay, somebody mentioned one of Panda Bar. Uh, we're, we're, we're halfway and through. And he's like, I got paid. <laughs> as far as my family was concerned, the Atari 2600 was the Pac-Man machine. Actually, my parents called it Pack Dude Machine. Pack Dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, intristic? Something you said. Uh, <laughs> fuck you right back, Matt. Maybe I said intrinsic and <laughs> no. or was Holy to say shit. intrinsic. Holy shit. What the hell was that for? <laughs> you said fuck you, Andy, at some point. Yeah. Uh, a lot, dude, actually. You did. You, yeah. <laughs> He's only giving you one to yeah. take it and run. And <laughs> careful bubble? Something Todd said. Careful bubble. What the fuck is Crunchyroll? Crunchyroll is an anime app that allows you to play uh, anime uh, cartoons. It's Netflix for anime. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Uh, major kudos for the line Axel Foley work. That was great. Uh, of nice. all the streaming service, Marvel might be the one that's worth it. Feige. Feige. Yeah, um, yeah, Feige. That's why I said Feige. That. It's Feige. And then Warcraft, Warcraft, Warcraft. <laughs> uh, Utah with an exclamation point. I got a lot of them filled out. I can go back to that later. That's all. I'm going to pin in Utah. I can't wait. Uh, the coffin thing sounds like a vacation. Oh yeah, for the thirty hours in the yeah, coffin. Yeah, it's like a coffin. The thirty hours with your phone. Shit, nap and I'm gonna play games. That's right. That's why I say no phone, yeah. no bathroom break. Yeah. Good luck. You no phone, no lights, no motor. Car. That's right. Just everything. You have one Pokemon yeah. you can catch in there. Yeah, and I'm happily unfamiliar with the uh, the music machine. I had no idea what that was. I don't care. I'm so glad. <laughs> you should look it up sometime, yeah. Andy. It'll change your life. Yeah, It'll and, save uh, your soul. And finally, happy Thanksgiving, Matt. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah. look at that. Oh. 
That was sweet. I was seething with rage after the fuck you met. And then, <laughs> yeah. You were seething with rage. Yeah. You, uh, wow. I've lost, I've lost count of all the times that you've said fuck you, Andy, yeah. on the show. <laughs> Boy, he dude. Gives, he gives really you one and you're all... You're really absorbing the dynamic of American politics <laughs> very well. He gives you one and you're all butthurt. Uh, <laughs> listen, listen. That's just sad. So Utah. <laughs> the musical. U- Utah the musical. Uh, just so happens my... Ex-wife, wife at the time, worked on that production. Oh, created the costumes for that. Worked on the costumes for that. Well, wow. Um, they were all actual period type materials. Oh, I they were using. You me they were this. actually using like cotton and stuff like that. Oh, wow. So, and it's and the theater is the Tuacon Theater out in St. George, which if you've ever been there, it's really beautiful. It's like basically set up in Red I've, Rock. I've heard that that it's, it's amazing, just gorgeous in St. So George. So you're up on a you're up on an outdoor theater. It's you know ramps down and then there's a stage and then red rocks rise up behind it i've and seen it, i've seen it pictures is, of that stage it's gorgeous it is the red iron rocks that there you have at red rock and they would run the flood it would run across the actual rocks and then run across the stage and with all the people there wow. and the red mud would stain the cotton fabrics. Of course it would. So they were constantly replacing costumes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. That must have been rough. That's job security is yeah. what that is. And the flood was only the second most impressive uh, uh, effect in that. Oh, do tell. Uh, somewhere in the middle of it, Jesus appears 200 feet in the air in a place that he can't possibly appear because you're Shit, outdoors. You t- yeah, you told me all yeah. this. I forgot. Yeah. He's, he's just suddenly Jesus is up 200 feet in the air. Uh, way away from the from the ground, and and what it is is they actually had a like a crane cherry picker pointing straight up from behind him, straight in his back, and he was hiding it there. So he was illuminated; it had him illuminated, and you couldn't see the pole that was behind him because it was mostly behind him. Oh, like like what a lot of the magicians do with the levitation thing exactly. on stage, just Ex- to the extreme. exactly. But it was done to two hundred feet in the air. Yeah, that's yeah. actually actually kind of cool. Yeah, and the story does not tell the story of the Utah, the Mormon selling Utah. It mostly tells the story of the Metal Massacre and Jacob Hemblin, who uh, tried to stop the Metal Massacre. The Metal Meadow Mas- Massacre. Meadow Massacre. You never heard of the Meadow Massacre? I've never heard of the Meadow no, Massacre. Me Although Metal oh. Massacre is a great <laughs> yes. band. Oh, yeah. oh, Metal Massacre. What cover band is that, Andy? Metal Massacre is uh, my uh, Black Sabbath cover band. Yeah. <laughs> It's weak. <laughs> Sorry, I put you on the spot. Yeah, I was in the middle of telling my other thing, so I got thrown. <laughs> oh, well, that's wow. A, that's a Me- red. It's, it's Metalopolis. Is the, it's medi- oh, whatever metal, that camera. Metalopolis. Just blink the light metal red. Yeah. Doop, doop. <laughs> um, death Clock. It's uh, your Death Clock cover band. A bunch yep. of, you know, the, the, the westward migration is running through Utah, and a bunch of loudmouth English are given the... Uh, Mormons shit as they pass through okay. and one of them says yeah I got the gun here that killed Joseph Smith and that kind of pissed them off and they went off and dressed up like Indians and killed every man woman and child in the meadow that was passing through <clears throat> wait who who dressed up as the Mormons in revenge for these guys giving them shit went and oh, killed the entire I, I, I remember hearing about this yeah. I didn't know yeah. that it had there a name was, there was a point when people really thought there was going to be a war between the federal government and the Mormon settlers in Deseret, Deseret, or Deseret. Deseret. and uh, the Mormons were so uh, ramped up and af- and afraid that it was going to happen that contribute contributed, contributed to uh, 
getting them to do the massacre. That was wow. really, really shittily yeah. said. But that that contributed them to them actually taking action and going after those people because I think there was a, a feeling that they were, in fact, part of the, the yeah. union, the army um, plan to come in and start killing people. And Temple. there's a musical about this. Yes. Tensions were brewing. Um, it boiled over there. And actually... They didn't kill every man, woman, and child. They killed a lot of people, though, and they left some of the kids alive and adopted them. How nice. Yeah. But, yeah, it was ugly, and there was, yeah, one guy, the, one of the founders of St. George was tried to stop it and could not, didn't get there in time. Is that who the musical's about? Is that the hero? He's the main character. Okay. Yeah. Mm. It's got to be. But it's weird. I mean, the, 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 the LDS do not like talking about the Metal Massacre for obvious reasons. Yeah, I was going to say, there's, there's a lot of self-editing <laughs> so I, of that, if so I recall. I, I was amazed that they did a musical about it. Wow. And then I went, I went up to visit her a couple times up there, and then one day I drove down to the actual site. You can actually go to the site, which is just a couple miles away from the theater. So the play was being done just a few miles from where it actually happened. Is it in a meadow? It's in a meadow. Okay. It's still a meadow. All right. Okay, gentlemen, what geeky things you do this week? I watch Punisher with a pussy. I'm, this, <laughs> this show's over. We're done. That's it. Wait, we, 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 you watch what? I watch a movie called Peppermint. It's essentially uh, gender-swapped Punisher. It's uh, Jennifer Garner. Um, I, I've seen the movie, too. Essentially, the, 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 the Reader's Digest convinced version. Uh, Jennifer Garner, family's gunned down in front of her. She IDs the people. In court, judge dismisses the case, lets them all go, and so she disappears for like a year, comes back, and kills everybody that killed her family. She even, I mean, the the the, the kid, the family gets killed at the fair, just like the more recent versions of the Punisher. Oh, oh wow! So it's yeah, okay. You know, like hangs him off of the yeah, Ferris wheel. It and is. Stuff. Did you like it? You know, I did actually. It was a note. I liked it, it was too. a note for note revenge movie, but it was well done. Okay. Yeah. I also Jennifer Garner. Yeah. Nice so, to see her back in action. Yeah. Is that on Netflix? Is that where you watch? No, no, it? that's oh. out in the theaters right now. Oh, the theaters. Yeah. It's I, on the theaters. I've forgotten about didn't, that. Didn't last very long. Yeah. I haven't seen a movie in over two months. Whew. No, I've My tried. I've tried to drag you I out, know. but <laughs> I know you always have some I'm other plans, dude. I'm trying. All right, <laughs> I I will work in the afternoon, so when you give me the surprise text. Well, hey, I don't always doing? know when I'm going to get an extra day off. It's, oh, not, it's well, not every hey, week hey, that hey, work hey, all hey, you know, Okay, at least you get a text. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ow! Guy with actual money. That's cool. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> wow. Wait, what? Okay, I was laughing, <laughs> and then suddenly I stopped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Scorch earth over there, Canada. That's right. <laughs> Nobody can laugh. <laughs> well, you, you have a best friend for life that you spend all your off hours with. So do you. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> he and I never see each other. We work different shifts. Hell, yeah. I didn't see him at all last week. Yeah. He was like up early, out the door. I leave for work. I come home from work. He's already asleep. But yeah, I hadn't seen him. Uh, Let's just say I didn't do much geeky this week. Yeah. Well, mm. if, if if this Thursday works, give me a shot. Because my, my daytime gig was canceled, so I'll try to get the work done before then. And uh, What's out this Thursday? Anything interesting? 
What? Is anything interesting well, so, out this sometimes Thursday? Sometimes I get a Tuesday off, and Tuesday's like $5 movie day at, uh, yeah. at like, uh, Everywhere. And my Tuesdays suck for the next couple of weeks. Right, so, so, Jeff, you like peppermint? I liked peppermint. And I enjoyed it. And I'm not the biggest Jennifer Garner fan either, so that says something. Oh, okay. Yeah. That uh, almost sounded like a, a mumble rap. Mm. I like peppermint. I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Just if he had just a little more rhythm. Oh I well. Also, <laughs> I also saw a movie called. Uh, uh, I think it was the week after I saw Peppermint. I saw a movie called A Simple Favor with uh, Anna Kendrick and. Um, oh shoot, uh, Ryan Reynolds' wife. Uh, can't think of her name. Blake right Lively. Blake Lively. Thank where you. Where the f- where the fuck did Anna Kendrick come from? Because all of a sudden she's Pitch all perfect. over the place on YouTube. Yeah, well, P- Pitch Perfect Perfect was not the first film she did, but it was her breakout role. Right. Okay. That's uh, why I Because she know was her. in... Well, no, you should... You, you, you remember Scott Pilgrim versus the World, right? Yeah. She's, she was, she's his sister in that movie. Okay. So you've seen her in a lot of things. You right. may not just did, consciously I, I'm go... I'm not aware of her. Okay. But um, it's like this whole kind of murder mystery whodunit kind of thing. That she's in with twists and turns in there, and what's it called again? Uh, a simple favor. Okay, I think it's a playoff of like a French movie, but I I can't back that up because I haven't done enough research on it. But uh, supposedly it is based on another film. Uh, but yeah, it was it was it was really entertaining. <coughs> but the thing I'm most excited about that I geeky thing I did this week was Adam? Sunday no, night. They had the season premiere of uh, Doctor Who Aha! with. The new doctor and what's your my god she knocked it out of the park yeah she so eager to watch that you haven't seen it yet i got three years of capaldi to catch up on so okay you know what Uh, this might be my back on board moment i because i haven't watched any capaldi i didn't watch the last of matt smith Mm -hmm. but i'm hearing this a good place to jump on see cool you watch it okay because i don't i I can't get Uh, into it no i haven't i i started and because i really like capaldi uh but um, Doctor Who me. just doesn't yeah. do it for me, but I'll definitely give this a shot because it's not your cup of tea. It, it really uh, <laughs> chip, you know, pip pip. Um, See, I didn't, I didn't have the disappointment with Capaldi that a lot of Whovians have. I mean, some of the more hardcore ones, you know, they, you know, they liked it because it's just Doctor Who, and you know, some of the storylines did go up and down. Part of it is the personality of that particular Doctor is kind of brash gruff you know it's kind of it's a callback it to the older doctor well yeah it's a callback to the first doctor number one and number two it plays out of you did you did see the the matt smith final episodes yes. right yeah spoiler alert for anybody that hasn't watched the, the the final matt smith episode from six years ago there's that whole notion he thinks you know, matt smith thinks it's and he's kind of content with the fact that he's done as he's dying, and then gets regenerated with the help of the Gallifreyans. So he was not expecting to regenerate, regenerates. And so kind of the way that Capaldi plays the character is he's kind of over this whole, I'm the doctor, I'm always saving the universe, I'm, oh. I'm just really kind of exhausted that I'm the last Time Lord that's really doing anything you guys get off of my wall and I'm tired here. Yeah, and mm. but you see the character more, uh, you know. It's kind of like when Buffy came back to life. Yeah, when Buffy the Vampire. Yeah, Slayer. she just didn't mm. want to be the Slayer anymore. Yeah. So, 
I guess like the first year or so of Capaldi is kind of that that really I just don't I'm not the doctor anymore. I don't want to be the doctor. And then you see him kind of start now, now easing back more... into it, going, you know what? I do need to do this, but he still has that kind of grumpiness to him because there's some really powerful episodes in the Capaldi years. Yeah, now I'm um, even more eager to see it. But yeah, this one felt very rejuvenating. She's she's exciting. She's um, she's excited to be the Doctor now that you know. Because with a regeneration episode, it's always weird because you you forget about the fact that the majority of the episode they're still trying to rediscover who they are because you know their brains are rebooting the body's still in the process of you know expelling the excess regeneration energy etc now a lot of people listen to us have never seen a single episode of doctor who okay so why is there regeneration so the time lords the gallifreyans um discover how to time travel and when they go through um uh the the temporal matrix um uh, not matrix uh i'm i'm saying the name wrong right now and somebody's out there shouting at me uh, that's okay you're, you're doing it for vortex, us light people the temporal vortex excuse me god i don't want to so as the time lords were able to figure out how to manipulate the vortex and travel through time and space they began to absorb temporal energy so that when their physical bodies would approach the point where normal organic life would tend to die, that temporal energy would regenerate them. Or at and least this is, the, this is the retcon from the very first season of Doctor Who. Yeah, this is the reason why they can change people playing the Doctor. Yes. That's why they do a, gen- a, red- a now, gen- regeneration. Now, what's They're the real reason? Why do they actually do that in the real world? In the, in the real world, the reason was... Um, uh, the first doctor whose name is escaping me right now, and I'm actually Hartnell? mad at myself. No, Hartnell was... Um, That's okay. First doctor. First doctor. First doctor. Um, he was starting to have some memory problems. He was having difficulty memorizing his lines, and he started to realize that he couldn't continue on. So they hired another actor, and they're like, <laughs> well, how are they going to continue the series? So they came up with this whole notion of, oh, well, Time Lords can regenerate. And, and they become a new physical yeah. being. And so, the second one is one Otak Mo. Yes. Okay. So, but they put yeah. an arbitrary number on it, right? That, that they could only regenerate originally, so many times. Yeah, originally they said you could only regenerate 12 times. And and, and that's why the Capaldi is, thing was so such a big... Well, he was big, the 12th. Well, right. Capaldi was the 12th based on the TV series. However, in the 50th anniversary episode... War Doctor! War Doctor. There was the right. War Doctor. Oh, my so, favorite! So that's why Matt's, uh, you know, Smith has the line in the final episode. He's like, "Remember, old Grumpy." Mm-hmm. It's like this is it. This is the end for me. Mm-hmm. So when he's, you know, telling Clara that there won't be any more for him, and mm. which is why, you know, that whole episode is about him being content with the, you know, I've done my bit. You know, I'm, you know, this is it for me. And then he's surprised when he's regenerated. All right. All right. But uh, yeah. But the new Doctor's great. Yes, I'm very happy with her performance, um, and I'm really, really looking forward to next week because the very end of this episode ended on a cliffhanger. So it's like, oh, okay. They usually, they often do. Um, so I was back with my dad for a couple weeks, of course, and he has cable. Okay, 
why why do people watch things on cable? Like live? Yeah. Or record them and watch them later? No, just at all. Because everything is, I realized this, like, after a while, I was like, that seems wrong. I've seen this before. That seems off. That seems, why, why is the pacing on this wrong? Because they cut everything to two hours. Oh, well, oh, sorry? They, oh, you're talking uh, about movies, like movies on cable? Like yeah. If he, what he's referring to is a lot of broadcast movies. Like, like HBO. HBO yes. was doing it. Well, HBO has a, has a whole different reason altogether, which I'll address in a second. Yeah. But the majority of movies, when they're on, like, say, TBS or TNT, etc., what they do is in order to accommodate extra commercials. They cut things out. Always have. Not well, yeah. just that. But in some cases, they don't cut things out. They increase the speed of the playback. Compression. So they do a time compression thing. And because we have the technology to attenuate that whole, you know, squeakiness that you would get from when you speed up, you know, the kind of that chipmunk effect. When you speed up somebody's vocals, they start getting higher pitched. The software attenuates that. So to the untrained eye, you're watching a movie not realizing that the whole pacing is off, especially if you've seen it before. My, my untrained eye recognized it. It's it it runs faster, so they can squeeze more commercial breaks in there. They were they were cutting um, they were cutting lines out. They were cutting pauses out. I was watching Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I'm like, why are all these jokes falling now, flat? What he's talking about with HBO, HBO occasionally purchases the quote unquote airline version of movies. <gasps> No. Which you, I know, are quite familiar with. Yeah. Where they cut out whole chunks of movie. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, when I, have, when I have watched movies on HBO occasionally, I'm like, oh, that whole scene is missing. That's gross. Why even purchase that version? Because sometimes it's they sit down and they do the negotiation. It's a, it's, sometimes it's to address the runtime for a slot that they're trying to fill in. You know, it's just gross. I know movies are programming. Not universally two hours long. And every night at my dad's TV, there was a whole bunch of HBO and HBO two and HBO that had a movie from eight to ten and a movie from ten to you know midnight. And then yeah, it's just now a lot of times if it's if it's like a a premiere version of the movie, they'll have they'll run the theatrical, and then in subsequent playbacks they'll do for a time, you know. <laughs> Concerns they'll run that shortened version. Oh, it's been a while since I've seen Todd so totally aghast. I'm horrified. Well, it's because yeah. he's had like I mean he's told the story before, but my he had some horrible experiences <laughs> with watching movies on planes. I mm. have not experienced every, it every, myself. Everyone has. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've never I've never been on a flight that had a movie because you know I've I've been on five six hour flights. Sure, but you're usually in coach and they don't have the movies right. and but you do those at. Transatlantic flights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't done that yet. I actually, know you have. Actually, if, if it's not Joe Cheapy Airlines, now because every seat has a screen in it, uh, I, granted, I don't fly very often right now, but every time I've been on a flight in the past 10 years, I've, there's been a movie. They're actually That's, getting rid of a lot of that. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, well dude, Southwest no, never had you it. Fly so. I, I, was, I know. I was on Spirit. I won't be <laughs> flying fly Spirit Spir- again. You know, I mean, that's... That's where the, the, the guy in the wheelchair has the hand puppets recreating <laughs> oh. Last Jedi. But next, Jonah Hex. I'm surprised. <laughs> the seats don't recline. I'm surprised. Well, most, I, most of them don't recline anymore. Dude, you don't have to assure me that Spirit <laughs> sucks. <laughs> I've had more than a few people tell me. Spirit is like if 
if Southwest is a budget airline, Spirit is like the Uber budget airline. Yeah, someone threw wings on a bus. Yeah, yeah. I I expect I expect <laughs> yeah. to be dropped off in a guy in a uh, shower at the end of this and uh, not have the water run. <laughs> you, just be glad they landed the plane. Man. <laughs> if I ever fly Spirit, I'm gonna think it's gonna be like the you know the scene in the Great Muppet Caper where they're like, "Oh, we're here." It's like, "When do we land?" Well, we don't land, and he starts tossing them out the yeah. cargo door. I, I, I want to, ladies and gentlemen, we are approaching Las Vegas. Please put on your parachutes. And Andy's like, huh? <laughs> no, that's too expensive. <laughs> Hope for the best. Aim for Lake Mead. And <laughs> giant airbag. Andy would fumble with the with the the parachute, putting it on to like the bare minimum release for the parachute, and then. The chute would open, and he would hit it just the last moment, get up and dust himself off. Yeah. Drunken Monkey Andy, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, whoa. You, 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 He'd you get up and be like, that was a close one. <laughs> you know what? In your giant list of criticism, I don't recall you, I, I don't call, I recall you talking about uh, how Andy survives the zombie apocalypse. Drunken, Drunken Monkey Andy. It's the first line on there. Right there. Drunken Monkey Andy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because it made sense when he said it the first time. Yeah. Okay, I, now I see what yeah, you're saying, you. Paul. <laughs> 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 I was actually going to make the more, list more obscure, but then I gave up on the whole obscurity. I was gonna, it was going to be bullet points and just a whole bunch of random shit, but I realized nobody wanted to hear that. Why, why, why did you not read the all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy? All work and no play oh. makes Jack a dull well, boy. Some of the bottom Hammer. is a prop. <laughs> <laughs> and then it says sports, 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 Warhammer, 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 Warhammer. I'm like, that's that's a perfect Kubrick ending right there. Because <laughs> now we're expecting you to come after us with a freaking So it was axe. right about there that Andy decided everybody was tired. That's of right. <laughs> Andy and I, it... it, it we had a real geeky moment where we started talking about, uh, we, for some reason, we were just assigning ourselves uh, our stats for right. D&D. Ah. And, and we got into an interesting dissection of what dexterity really means. Oh. Because, you know, Andy. Right. <laughs> Do they still have luck factored into uh, your character creation? Not, not as a stat. That's your basic Andy's, die roll. Andy's luck stat must be off the chart. Well, now. he definitely has the luck feat where he gets a re-roll. His, his talk, we were talking about... Is that like his dexterity? He yeah, gets what, a re-roll what, what on What did we any? decide? Your, your dexterity is... ability sucked, but your dexterity saves you always had advantage. Or right. Something. It's like, it was like, it is like triple advantage. It's like I get to roll three D20s for a... And, for and a, keep the, and then and keep keep the, the highest, highest. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. Because I'm like very that. good at like... <laughs> I'm very good at carelessly knocking a drink off, but I'm also very good at catching it in midair and putting it back. Except, no, you're not. Except when Matt. <laughs> no, you're not. What the hell? Well, I, I don't always try around everyone. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 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 You know what? Fuck you, Andy. <laughs> Glad to have you back, Andy. Yeah, great to be Great. The barrel of monkeys over there. Look at him. <laughs> what oh. else, Kiki, did you do this week? <laughs> Can't even say the sentence. I got to watch some bleach. How is bleach these days? It's white. It's fun. <laughs> it's it's. Uh, <laughs> wow. 
I'll give you that one. No, bleach is clear. It turns things white. Aha! Vagitac on Andy. <laughs> Vagitac, is that you? It looks white in your eyes. Um, yeah. I, uh, I actually, uh, I have some access to Crunchyroll, so... Huh. Um, I uh, I'm I'm getting to watch Bleach and and I'll, I'll at some point squeeze in some Cowboy Bebop, so that's nice and exciting. Uh, and I I'm used to love Cowboy Bebop. And by access, to access to you, did you board on Tortuga? Is that what happened? Uh, no, n- no, but what? No, you but went legit. You know, yeah. Todd Agnello is actually the one that that got me interested in in uh, Cowboy Bebop. Uh-huh. Well, uh, Paul, of course, you know, would rave. Um and and the neat well, thing well I didn't hear Paul start raving about Bebop until after I had gone over to Agnello's house a few times and you know Bleeg for those who have are in I'll the bet audience Bleeg is the one who turned them on to it could be but you know I we had like watch parties I got invited to randomly when I was Ooh, um, watch party in early days of Trek and we'd watch I, part of it was like because uh, Todd and I bonded over. Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel are like, yeah. oh, he's like, and he's like, hey, I have watch parties at my house and blah blah blah. So you know, I got invited over and, well, you know, you've been to you went to some of those early. No, ones, apparently you? didn't. Uh, 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 yeah, not too many. Okay, well, anyway, <laughs> he was he was the mat of the day. And then <laughs> I do recall him going. He's like, he, go. he's like, he's like, have you ever seen Cowboy Bebop? And I'm like, no. He's like, oh, you got to watch this. And popped in some DVDs and, you know, rest is history. Yeah. I like that. Popped so in thank some you, DVDs. Todd. Showing the times. Thank you, yeah. Bleeg, out there. I'm o- sure you're sure Other uh, geeky, nerdy thing I did was get extremely upset at politics this weekend. Yeah, I think a lot of us did. Yeah. So, um, beer, 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 beer. Oh, no, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're registered, vote. And if you're not registered, register. Please do. And 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 props to Matt Damon because that there was some funny shit. Yeah, oh was. my god, that was great! Uh, I revisited a found footage movie that I really enjoyed. It's flawed. Don't get me wrong; it is a flawed movie, but it has a lot of fun ideas. If you wanted to ever mix Blair Witch and Tomb Raider and set it in the catacombs underneath Paris, uh, you have as above and so below. You have my attention. Yes, it's it's on Netflix now. I originally saw it on Netflix discs, and when I saw it was on there, I remembered enjoying it, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to revisit it. I've got some time to spare, and I want something I've seen and wanted to see again. Do you run out of crane videos? I think he just needed a, a sorbet, you know, sort of a cl- uh, palate yeah. cleanser. Yeah, and I did run out of crane videos. And <laughs> <laughs> It's just not the same. Once you actually catch a couple of the dolls, then you're just like, eh. Th- then, then you're in on the secrets. And, yeah. <laughs> But it's, it's about a treasure hunter looking for the Philosopher's Stone underneath, the, underneath Paris in the catacombs. And it has a lot of Indiana Jones-ness until they discover the doorway to hell. Huh. So it's a lot of fun. And again, it has some, some flaws to it, as many found footage films do have. It's very shaky cam. If you're not into found footage movies, it's probably not going to win you over. But it has a lot of fun treasure rooms and the sins coming back to haunt the sinner kind of things. So it's on Netflix streaming. So if it sounds cool to you, I recommend checking it out. It's, it's a pretty quick watch. So I worked um, out at the Big E 
I worked out next to Warren Wusenich most of the days. Okay. Uh, Warren just finished up drawing 12 issues of uh, Invader Zim, the comic book. Okay. And he's a Vegas guy. He's moved out to North Carolina. But uh, Still there? Yeah. He, 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 the uh, storm was supposed to hit his town and bounced over and hit the town south of him instead and destroyed that. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was close. I don't know why I'm laughing at that, but... <laughs> <laughs> because like, because you're Matt. You no, know, I'm going to get this town. Boom! Because <laughs> you're cold, cold Canadian heart. And there's Matt laughing away. <laughs> Canada's got better health care. And ain't, less storms. It ain't a dog. <laughs> when, when global warming hits, we will be tropical. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was very cool to work with him. He'd say, I worked with him out here years ago. And uh, we meshed really well, but uh, hopefully I might work on some projects with him at some point. Oh, terrific. It's a possibility. So. Anything else? Cool no. guy. Uh, I did something. What I do? Uh, Rick and Morty issue two. Rick and, Rick and Morty in Dungeons and Dragons? In versus Dungeons and Dragons. It's pretty funny. Summer and uh, their mom has shown up. And uh, the, the story is pretty brutal on, uh, on, on the dad. Ooh, Always is. Scary. Imagine that. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, it's I'm 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 liking it a lot. That Rothfuss really friggin' hit hit the notes, and the art is very good. It's it's really almost like you're looking at stills from an episode. <laughs> so it's very entertaining. It's very funny. To uh. I didn't know. I played D and D just about its entire existence, and maybe it's a plot point because Morty wants to learn to be a rogue. Okay, but when Summer shows up, she becomes a rogue, and Morty's like, "Wait a minute! I I want to be the rogue. I'm I'm supposed to learn this. This is the whole point." And she's like, "Sorry, I got here first. And Rick goes. And he's like, well, maybe I'll play a rogue, too. And Rick's like, nah, no double dipping in classes. It's considered a dick move. And I'm like, huh. I don't know if that's a plot point just to fuck over Morty. Because I've never heard that. I haven't heard of it either. So that was interesting. So instead, he's a cleric. <laughs> it's so goddamn funny. They give him, like, this massive receding hairline. <laughs> and he's just like, oh. And then he ends up fighting anyway instead of healing. But uh, so it's great. It's great. There are nice little D and D tropes as well that they play with, which uh, makes it you know it's not just a Rick and Morty riff. So I can't recommend it enough. And they have a variant cover with Summer's oh, characters fun. sheet. Nice. So oh, always great. Um, I I. God damn it. I know I did something else. Yeah. I oh was well. stumbling with the Warren thing because I was trying to remember was it uh, he did the first story in the uh, the Vegas book, the uh, Where We Live book. Okay. The, yeah. That was a tribute to everything that happened yeah. in the shooting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, at the right. Geek Shock Book Club, we are reading Dracula by Bram Stoker. In fact, Dracula. the discussions have opened up as of today. <laughs> Blood. Blood. Uh, I'm about 75% through it, so I'll probably be done by the end of the week. Uh, night and uh, and yeah. So if, if you're reading, join us when you have finished. And if you're waiting for the next book, we'll probably be deciding that here in a couple weeks. 
I didn't read it, but when I was back with my dad, I watched Blackula. So I'm, oh, then I you're, got you're that fully covered. steeped. Yeah. yeah, it was my first time watching Blackula. You'd never no seen idea. it before. I hadn't. It's a it's an interesting interesting yeah. take on it. Yeah. Why why is it? I've never seen Blackula. It's uh, Blackula was part of the '70s black exploitation movement. So, okay. um, it's it's fun. I mean, it's enjoyable. It's it's. It's almost to the point of being kind of comedic, though yeah. not intended to be. Uh, well, you saw Black Dynamite, right? Yes, love that, Black Dynamite. Black Dynamite is an homage to the seventies black exploitation, right? So, and that's why it's played like all the characters play it so straight, like it's like they're being serious, sure. But it comes off as comedic because that's that's how a lot of those films, like including Blackula, came across. Shaft, right. yeah, Shaft. Although Shaft is just fun because it's Shaft. you know badass cop yeah. you know out Shut trying to make the world a better place. Shut your mouth! But I'm talking about Shaft. Shaft. Damn straight. All right, right gentlemen. On. A lot of news happened. Yeah, so we're gonna get to it because. But first, because I've missed it. Mm-hmm. All right, weekend geek. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> he was all bracing himself, and then. He- he totally threw him a curveball. I was actually, I didn't know what was going to happen. He he gave me the eye before he said, I'm like, what the fuck's happening? <laughs> but first, we're going to kill you. What? No! <laughs> <laughs> One of the biggest draws of Disney's upcoming streaming service, Disney Play, is the promise of all the Star Wars-related content. One of the biggest names attached is John Favreau, who previously announced he'd write and produce an original Star Wars-exclusive show to the platform. Favreau took to Instagram to introduce his upcoming series, The Mandalorian, to the world. Quote, After the stories of Jango and Boba Fett, another warrior emerges in the Star Wars universe, the post reads. The Mandalorian is set after the fall of the Empire and before the emergence of the First Order. We follow the travails of a lone gunfighter at the outer reaches of the galaxy, far from the authority of the New Republic. Unquote. The title refers to a cultural group known throughout the galaxy as skilled warriors who could hold their own against the Jedi. By the time the prequel trilogy rolled around, they transitioned into a mostly pacifist society. Mandalorian armor, however, remained a fearsome sight across the galaxy, and the bounty hunter Jango Fett wore it specifically to capitalize on its deadly reputation. Later on, his son Boba Fett sported a modified version of the same outfit, though neither Fett was technically a Mandalorian themselves. No other details are known at this point, save for the $10 million in episode price tag. Whoa! What? But setting it between the classic and sequel trilogy allows it to fill in some of the narrative. And uh, at the same time, having it take place on the Outer Rim frees it up to tell self-contained stories within the larger universe itself. Damn. Which is exactly what they should be doing. Yes. Yeah. That might actually get me to yep. get to, to go on, get on board with that streaming oh, wow. service. And it, I'm just... Rage, but I'll watch yeah, but it and I then was, cancel. I was having trouble following that whole streaming thing. Is no, is the Dis- Disney and Marvel and Star Wars, Star Wars, all in the same yes. streaming thing? That is all yeah, one. That's thing. actually pretty good. Except okay. for the Star Wars movies one through six, right? <laughs> because they're owned by Ted Turner, who's right. No, bu- no, no, no. Busily colorizing them <clears throat> from my cold dead hands, right? And that series is starting to line up a pretty talented roster of directors to helm the individual episodes. Five directors have been named so far. Oh, I hadn't heard this mm. part Michael of the Bay. Story. The list includes 
Tika Watiti. Nice. Yes. Bryce Dallas Howard. Really? Deb- She's going to direct? Deborah Chaw, Rick Famayiwa, and Dave Filoni. First up, Watiti helped helmed Thor Ragnarok. Right. right. The third movie about the Asgardian demigod. Uh, while Howard has directed a handful of short films, she's right. been a fixture in big-budget genre lore since her portrayal of Ivy in M. Night Shyamalan's The Village. Since then, she's appeared in everything from Black Mirror to the Jurassic World trilogy. Her father, Ron Howard, also directed this year's Solo, a Star Wars story, so she's no stranger to the franchise. Chow has made a name for herself by directing episodes of Fear the Walking Dead, the Man in the High Castle, and two of the Marvel Netflix shows, Jessica Jones and Iron Fist. Hmm. She's also been behind the camera for series like Better Call Saul and Snowfall, yeah, yeah. so she's someone that knows wait, her way around wait, compelling characters' drama. Both Jessica Jones and Iron Fist? Probably some episodes within. Did you have, know, a, what what Did you have a stroke right? at some point? Or? <laughs> oh! I, I knew there was going to be something. Oh! Be something. Started so high and then... Iron Fist was so disappointing. Likewise, uh, Famuyiwa is a director and producer of Lena Waithe's The Chi. He also wrote and directed 2015's critically acclaimed Dope about a nerdy kid who has trouble fitting in. And finally, Filoni, no stranger to Star Wars universe, having directed 2008's animated film Star Wars The Clone Wars. Also called the shots on episodes of the Clone Wars series Star Wars Rebels and the new series Star Wars Resistance. Per the announcement, Filoni will direct the series' first episode. No word yet on when we can expect the series, but the uh, streaming service is expecting to launch sometime in 2019. All right. So they're Mandalorian. Wow. Ten million. So they're they're kind of like they're probably going like twelve episodes, and they're going to treat it like an incredibly long movie. It's yeah. got to be like that because because yeah. that would be a movie budget, but it would just be twelve hours long. Ah. Oh. It's hard to say no I, to. I just jizzed in my pants. Yeah. <laughs> no, what I was saying before, Andy, is uh, R2 mm. needs to do the... Uh, oh, beep, boop, beep, beep. Yeah. Boop, boop, boop. There you go. Beep, boop, boop, boop. Boop, boop, boop. He's yeah. back. Yeah. He's back. <laughs> no, he's, he's recreating what I was talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. He was taking, <laughs> taking yeah, I know. I've been practicing my boops, and uh, I'm, I'm going get to get pretty good at it. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting down. We're, we're putting yeah. them to the test this yeah, weekend. Absolutely. But it's really spooky when it's coming out of his bedroom at about 3 a.m., <laughs> booping away. <laughs> I mean, he's not boofing. No. So, well. hey. It's all boop on boop. Yeah. <laughs> Dreams of Belladonna, boops in the room. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I can't believe it. I didn't even know I wanted it until I found out I was thrown away. (laughs) Well, what's the Sam Kinison line? He's like, I didn't even want it till you told me I couldn't have it. (laughs) Yeah. According to a report by the Wall Street Journal, the Toys R Us canceled its bankruptcy auction. What? as the hedge funds that originally put it out of business in the first place intend to breathe new life into the brand. Wow. That means a possible revamp of both the Toys R Us and Babies R Us brands. The original auction would have resulted in the sale of the names Toys R Us, Babies R Us, and other intellectual assets like the store's iconic mascot, Jeffrey the Giraffe. In an official court filing, the company outlined the plan for reorganization, explaining, per Wall Street Journal, quote, a new operating Toys R Us and Babies R Us branding company that maintains existing global agreements 
and can invest in and create new domestic retail operating businesses, unquote. News of the popular toy retailer's closure surfaced back in March, simultaneously breaking the hearts of many who grew up with the store in their lives. 800 locations in the U.S. were shuttered, leading to the termination of an estimated 300,000 jobs. Not long after, massive liquidation sales were underway, while competitors like KB Toys were ready to fill the vacuum. In June, it was reported that the company's CEO, Jerry Storch, was looking into possible avenues of a reboot for Toys R Us. The latest news of reorganization plan could be an extension of Storch's actions. Whatever the reason, looks like we're entering a renaissance of sorts for brick-and-mortar toy stores. In late August, the Wall Street Journal broke the announcement that FAO Schwartz would be returning with a bigger and better location at 30 Rock in New York City. So it's like zombie toy stores. This is interesting. Yeah, KB Toys yeah. made their announcement after Toys R Us fell down. Now, this you were talking, telling this Toys R Us story when I was in Miami. Okay. And so the Jerry Storch thing didn't click until just now when you said it out loud when I'm here in front of you. He's not in any relation to Larry Storch, right? We don't. Do we know this? <laughs> it's, it's, there's no guarantee. Hmm. All things are possible. Probably not. All right. The names are awful similar. They are very similar. Storch and Storch. Is, is it Storch? No, Larry and Jerry. Oh, Larry and Jerry. Larry. Jerry. <laughs> They're not Storch. as close as Storch and Storch. Storch. Okay. <laughs> Todd checks the I'm, clock. I'm glad he cracks himself up sometimes. Because wow, that was him cracking me up. And and he's actually oh, okay. he's in the zone where he's going straight to red face now. Oh yeah, just, <laughs> I, I built up a lot. <laughs> After announcing last March that Avengers Fourth, Fourth Avengers Fourth, <laughs> Avengers the Fourth, I'll have a fifth of Avengers, please. <laughs> <laughs> that Avengers Four would be his last run at Captain America. Chris Evans took to Twitter earlier today to confirm it. Officially wrapped on Avengers Four, Evans wrote and described it as an emotional day to say the least. Quote, while reflecting on his eight-year run as the first Avenger, Evans thanked co-workers, co-workers, Jesus, already, co-workers and fans for all the memories, signing off with Eternally Grateful. Given you didn't the, sign off with Flame On? Given the, <laughs> oh, that would have been awesome. Yeah, he should have. Yeah. Right. Given the particularly high stakes of Avengers Infinity War as its yet untitled follow-up, seems that Rogers might meet his demise while trying to save the universe from Thanos, played by Josh Brolin doesn't necessarily mean Captain America will be out of the MCU for good. Another character could end up donning a shield in future installments. In the comics, both Bucky Barnes and Sam Falcon Wilson each took their own turns as Captain America. So it's entirely possible the mantle could get passed on. Uh, Evans first brought his true North earnestness to the role of Captain America back in 2011's first Avenger, continuing his role in solo films The Winter Soldier and Civil War, as well as First three Avengers movies and a couple of cameos in Thor, Dark World, and Spider-Man Far From Home. <laughs> Winter Soldier. I so loved I loved that that whole bit in Spider-Man Homecoming where he's doing the, the PSA videos. <laughs> and especially the 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 stinger at the end of the ah, homecoming. Yes. <laughs> Kinda makes you <laughs> regret sticking around or whatever the, the line was. Yeah. 
It's like, Nailed it. It built up anticipation, yeah. and we're sadly what? disappointed. <laughs> it, it's really funny, because I remember when they first announced it, I was like, ah, he's he was great as the torch, but really... And and boy oh boy did he win me over. Yeah, I mean now, now I can't see anyone else. Yeah, as Captain and, and it's I like, also it's like uh, Robert Downey Jr. as yeah. Stark. Yeah. I follow can. him on Twitter, and the guy is actually kind of a Steve Rogers. It's just yeah, he, it, he nailed the whole Boy Scout thing of it. Yeah, I mean he really is. Yeah, yeah. Um, I saw somewhere on some Facebook meme something or but there was a picture of a girl who would uh, would swear next swore next to a captain america impersonator and he went language (laughs) (laughs) my favorite thing that evans did uh was actually him and chris pratt when they had that friendly super bowl bet that you know whoever won the other one would have to go dressed up as their character to a, a children's hospital and and do meet and greets. And then, of course, they both went together mm-hmm. to both hospitals. They basically went to each other's charities. And it was it was really incredible to see the looks on kids' faces. And that when nice. Star-Lord walks in and then Captain America. Was it like the mo- their movie costumes and everything, too? Like- um, Chris Pratt kept his entire Star-Lord costume from the first film. So when he went as Star-Lord, he was in... The yeah. screen accurate costume, yeah. and then um, I think if I remember when um, when Chris Evans did the bout as uh, Captain America, they bought like one of the uh, off the shelf costumes. But you know, it was still him holding the shield, and I mean, you, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what you do at that point. It, if he's holding yeah. the shield, he's Captain America. So and but, and get this mother shield. Yeah. So yeah, just the looks on kids' faces was just you know it, it's it's heartwarming. So you can't, you can't he, help but smile when you see those pictures. I guess he couldn't do it all day. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, I said all day, not all life. That's right. I'd, I'd forgotten about the mat, the mat, uh, <laughs> the uh, smothering mattress of Matt. No, no, no. You're, oh, no, don't that, even try, Andy. Don't even try. No, no. I heard about the Take smothering the pillow mattress. Back. I forgot to make a note about that on my list. <laughs> the You're back. You're back, so I know. don't worry about I it. I got it covered. <laughs> Literally. I, I got the I got the jokes covered. Right over their face. You mean he's got it smothered. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. That's yep. another T shirt. Geek yep. shock. We got it smothered. <laughs> don't worry. We've got it smothered. Yep. There you go. T M. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, folks. That means we own it. No, it means too much. That, see? Yeah, wow. Yeah. Now, he just had to prove it. There, there's some fucking irony for you. Wow. <laughs> After years of development, a Wheel of Time TV series is happening. Amazon announced that it has given a series order to a new one-hour streaming drama based on the beloved fantasy novels, which spanned 14 main series volumes and one prequel published between 1990 and 2013. Robert Jordan, the pen name of James Oliver Rigney Jr., conceived the story and wrote the first 11 volumes before his death in uh, 2007. Fantasy novelist Brandon Sanderson was chosen to complete the series, working from partial drafts and Jordan's notes, and expanded the planned final volume of the saga into three books. The series has sold more than 90 million copies worldwide, which makes it the best-selling fantasy saga since J.R.R. Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings. 
and fans have been waiting a long time to see it make it to the screen. The series had been in development at Sony Pictures for more than a year after prior years in which rights were tied up with another entertainment company. After those rights were eventually won back by Jordan's widow, Harriet McDougall, now both Amazon and Sony will co-produce with screenwriter Rafi Judkins, who's a writer for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., adapting the books and serving as showrunner. Nice. The Wheel of Time is a massive high-fantasy epic set in a fictional continent in which an ages-old battle against a dark power has rendered magic usable only by women because all men who are able will eventually go insane. Hmm. There's a prophecy in this world that one day a man, the Dragon Reborn, will rise up against the darkness and defeat it once and for all. As the saga begins, a sorceress named Moraine... Moraine? Moraine? Moraine. Okay. A member of the secretive magic-using organization, the Quitsat Hatter, I mean S. Sedai, <laughs> arrives in a small village to meet a group of young people, one of whom she believes might be the Dragon Reborn, but all of whom are significant to the pattern of the Wheel of Time. The series is characterized by multiple points of view, extremely detailed world-building, and Jordan's blend of interest in Eastern and Western philosophies. The Wheel of Time. Yeah, that it's funny because that's like a it's like a Game of Thrones epic but totally opposite in the magic category. Game of Thrones is very soft and subtle. Even when Game of Thrones hits a high point in magic use, that's like an ordinary day in Wheel of Time. I mean, this it's Tuesday. This should be a uh, uh, special effects uh, s- spectacular. It'll be crazy. So it'll be very interesting. And lots of girls getting telekinetically spanked by hairbrushes. <laughs> I remember you talking oh, about that. Yeah. Oh, it's that one. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that story. <laughs> hey, hey, on a weird side note, what the fuck is this nightmare cabbage pack clown hanging over Matt's shoulder? Where, where did that come from? <laughs> That's what the fuck is that? I didn't even notice that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's my wife, Tara's. Uh, she's always wanted a Cabbage Patch Kid, and her daughter bought her the creepiest one that exists. <laughs> nice. That is by far the creepiest one I've ever seen. It, and they're, gen- they're they're baseline creepy to start with. It, it's wearing basically a twisty the clown over the face makeup. I expect there to be a shotgun blast <laughs> missing under that mask. <laughs> Cool. So wrong, but uh, yeah, wheel of time. Wheel of time. Yeah, telekinetic <laughs> spanking, huh? Yeah, it 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 it's oh, it's you had me at tella. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, yeah. Uh, this only can mean one thing. That means I'm gonna have to start reading the goddamn books. <laughs> it's it's um. That'd be like a weekend for you. Why why These ruin are- the TV show for yourself? These are massive. They massive are. Books. They are. This is. It's you, funny. You know, it. That's a massive book. That's one volume. That's of one. This. That's one. Robert Jordan. It. It has a way of winning you over, though. I had one friend, Barry, and uh, nah, not Blark. Oh, okay. Because um, he, he seems to be spitting venom at this TV show right now. Oh, of course, because you know it's Barry. <laughs> but the other Barry. Yeah. This. Uh, he had a very. Very refined taste, right? Like, you know, most people would say, oh, Lord of the Rings is so, the greatest. So Barry is so very. Yeah. Um, <laughs> everyone would talk about Lord of the Rings or Narnia, and he was the one who would always bring up Gormenghast and that oh, okay. kind of thing. He, you know, very, old school stuff. Yeah, very old school, very highfalutin. 
And it was really funny because we were at uh, a science fiction bookstore in Chicago uh, that when it existed was one of the best in the, the country. Stars are destination. Oh, wow. And <clears throat> I was looking at their hardcovers and Arkham House had put out a bunch of uh, Lovecraft hardcover reprints. Yes, they did. And then uh, the latest Wheel of Time had come out and I was like, what should I get, the the Arkham House or the Robert Jordan? He's like, oh, Kirsten, get the Arkham House. You know, and he's just, he, he, he would riff because he, he, he was sort of like, it, it must be in the name. <clears throat> but years later, he got all caught up in Wheel of Time. And it was really funny because we had a conversation about, dude, you used to be down on his knee. Yeah, yeah, but I started reading it and, you know, the problem is, it's like 14. All 14 together. volumes, I think. Is, yeah, is that what you read? All of it. And around six or seven, it actually, I felt, hit this cycle where it was the same. It, it's like everybody has to go through the same thing multiple times before they learn their lesson and grow. Like okay. a, like and a the, wheel? the books really felt like uh, six, seven, and, and that's where I fell off. <clears throat> okay. So I went and read the end of the series because I was just like, oh, I want to see what's going on. You're still a noob compared to me. Get on the Horus Heresy. <laughs> then you'll understand <laughs> yeah, true pain. That's true. That's true. Although these, oh, what I was originally going to say was you had Terry Brooks, Shanra, right? You had Thomas Covenant, and those started the whole commercial series. But Wheel of Time really cemented the bullet stopper doorstop books in terms of uh, being commercially successful that's really where that came from you, and, and you can beat back marauders with these yeah huh. yeah they're they're just they're the the first book uh, eye of the world when it came out was like boy that's a big book and that's the smallest book in the series yes! <laughs> the rest of them are are fucking bibles so did you get the hardcover of lovecraft <laughs> yep I got um, Mountains of Madness and uh, Call of Cthulhu, um, and uh, that covers, I think, just about the whole. I also covers a good chunk of it. I also got uh, the hardcover they did of Clark Ashton Smith's collected mm. works, as well as the Mythos um, collaborations, or you know, from other authors. Right. So like. Robert E. Howard's Pigeons from Hell and Ashton Smith's mm-hmm. Lovecraftian stories and, and I think there's a Robert Block in there. And yeah, there is. Uh, uh, they, they both, about the same time, Lovecraft and Robert Block yeah. wrote a story where each of them featured the other one in it. Yeah, so it uh, <clears throat> I got those and those are beautiful. It I don't Is Arkham House even publishing anymore, Andy? Because I know that... I don't know, but those those editions that you got are very, are very, very good. Um, yeah. Uh, St. Joshi edited uh, editions later on that weren't by Ockham House, uh, but those are actually the best ones because he went back to the original manuscripts and uh, undid a lot of edits that were made by magazine editors to make it simpler and for the readers. Oh, yeah. Hmm. So a lot, of, a lot, of, a lot of baldorizing it, went it, away. It's funny how the. Um puritanism works and that sort of thing because i know like amongst howard people the dell rays that they put out of howard's work including conan and all of his other stuff they were very happy because these were 
unexpurgated from the original magazine releases. Mm -hmm. So they get the original weird tales, and that's where they uh, they did the transcription from. Well, and, yeah, in Lovecraft's place, a lot of it was like changing the spelling for the magazines to American spelling, and he like used British spelling for a ton of stuff. Uh, uh, and then they pulled back on the horror on some of it, too. You can't pull back on the horror. Well, they did. Uh, by the way, Extra Credits does a uh, sci-fi history thing. They do an episode on Lovecraft and Howard, and they're, they, they're talking about Lovecraft is awesome because it's like he sends in the first three or the first five stories, and he has this big, long, his cover letter is pages long talking about how everybody's doing it wrong and what the real essence of horror is. And here are some stories of mine you can publish, but you cannot change so much as a comma. And the editor, uh, I, f I forget who the editor was, bought them because he was like, whoa, shit. And he bought them all and he published them and that was the beginning right there for Howard. Uh, Robert, H.P. Uh, ah, Lovecraft. Very, very, very interesting. That's one other thing I did this week. I watched an hour and a half long documentary on Lovecraft. Oh, no. Nice. Ah! I don't know how that slipped my mind. Wow. But Joshi is uh, one of the yep. people that talk in it. And it, it, a lot of authors in that. Neil Gaiman, Robert Block. Is it Block. on YouTube? Not Robert Block. Uh, but yeah, it is on YouTube. And I don't think it originally was, but that's where I ended up finding it. And All I right. don't remember what's on Oh, it's on probably that. gone now. <laughs> but yeah, Neil Gaiman's in it. And. Uh, uh, Ramsey Campbell and just a lot of great horror authors are in there just talk, talking up the history of Lovecraft. All right, I was looking at some documentary I hadn't watched yet. Guillermo del Toro. He's in it too. Okay, then so that's got to be that it. may be it. Yeah, cool. Yeah, that that actually did look really cool. I was at the Lovecraft's 100th birthday, probably 25 years ago. It's probably 125 now. Probably more than that. And I got to meet Joshi, and I got to meet uh, Gay and Wilson. Oh, so like, whoa! There's there's an actual kind of author war happening right now. Yeah, yeah. Between Brian Keane and Joshi, that is just like, is there? Yeah, and like there's the, the all these new authors versus Joshi, and it's kind of ugly to watch. It's interesting. He's a very because, opinionated guy. Because at first, Joshi was like, "Oh man, you want to learn about Lovecraft? This is where you go." Because he ba 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 ba, and now there are these young Turks who are just like, "God damn it!" And, and they're sort of challenging him. Mm -hmm. It's it's, and he doesn't like to be challenged. Yeah, no, I wouldn't think he would. <laughs> and I do want to shout out something that you mentioned earlier: Stars Are Destination Bookshop in Chicago. One of the best bookshops. I, I loved agree. It. I, oh. That was my my short time I lived in Chicago. That was my pilgrimage, like once a month huh. to get yep. into that when did, shop. When did you live in Chicago? For a very very short time, probably about. Six, eight months tops. Mm. He went through a Chicago winter and was like, done. Fuck this. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. exactly was what it was. Didn't uh, you have like one of the, just like one small radiator in your apartment or something? Wussy. Yeah. Call that cold. That, what? <laughs> Jesus. Come on. Second cold I was born life. in it. What? That lake effect doesn't fuck <laughs> yeah. around. Second yeah, coldest no. I've been in my life was Chicago. Oh, yeah. Um, was that when it was on Lake Street or still on Belmont? Because I know that they moved. It was still on Belmont. Oh, God. You get off at the Belmont L-Stop, mm -hmm. and you got two street corners down, and there it is. Yep. Big as hell, and just 
tons of books and is it one of those like two floor three floors no, 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 books all over one it? floor but okay. it was deep mm-hmm. i mean it, it 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 i don't know maybe that's just nostalgia like kids you know right, everything's sure. bigger but boy and alice was she was the owner operator and she knew her shit and it was a genre only bookshop yeah yeah mm. science fiction and fantasy did you get to new york to forbidden planet ever I've never been to any bookshop in New York. The Strand, uh, any of them. But the, they're they're like in the same block. Oh, okay. Forbidden Planet and the Strand. Yeah. yeah, Forbidden Planet had moved. It was really funny. I I I, I boofed a chance to go to uh, uh, Forbidden Planet the last time I was in New York, but uh, that that was yeah yeah. Hey, speaking yeah. of you guys moving, you guys were both in California for like five or six months. Is that what I'm understanding? Or you were there longer? I was there, there longer. F- I was there for a little over a year. And and you didn't have any money, so you couldn't do anything. Depends what sta- what moment I was in. When I was working at Paramount Studios, I was doing all right money where, where were you living in L.A.? I, well, either way, I was living up in Van Nuys. Van Nuys. You know there's a beach. What about it? You can go to it, and you can, but you have to drive there. It, it, it takes some gas, and it's not close to Van Nuys. <laughs> oh, that that that's that site, huh? You see, that's how Andy Andy's just like you know it does. He's one of those like when you say, I, I, I don't I don't date right now because I don't have any money, and women don't care how much money you. And it's like oh, no, 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 no 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 no, I can't do shit. Yeah, right. And and Andy's like that with traveling. He's just like, yeah, you go to California and do the the money and why you just need some guys. It's like, dude, the money. <laughs> I can't even. I, I wouldn't even be able to buy McDonald's. I will say though, when I could get down to it, I would go to the beach. I'd go up to Malibu to Point Doom nice. for some of the best bodyboarding, yeah. and that's where the dolphins hang out. So it's always a fine time up there. Very nice. So. I love. I, I went to Santa Monica Pier once, and it was just yeah. I love that place. The the the, yeah. the ocean. You know, I I grew up next to the ocean on the Atlantic side, and it's just. When the whole horizon is watered, I think there's something psychological to that. Sure. You know, it's just you really do feel like, yeah, endless possibilities. And, and then you turn around <laughs> and the city just crush. It kind of yeah. like <laughs> grabs your head and then just starts yeah. put you just fucking, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> what are you talking about, crush? <laughs> yeah, so. I'm very happy on the beach. I, I love walking on a beach during a, during a rainstorm and nobody else around. I've got the beach myself. Just what, what the crashing what waves. What is this? Tender? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Swipe left. His name's Fact Check. Swipe right on me. Swipe right on me. Long baby. walks on the beach, <laughs> dude. Rain. Yeah. Rain. Yeah, I was soaking I, it I, in. I was. I was in L.A. for five months, and there was more rain than I had in years in Vegas, and it just come down like. And just whoosh and tons of water and it running off buildings. It's like you're afraid you're gonna get flooded, but it's it's nothing and so awesome. Yeah. And I've been through plenty of rain. Don't so much rain that it <laughs> melts cakes. Me too. Oh, hmm? it melts. So what? much rain that it melts cakes. It melts kicks? cakes. 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 Yeah. Cakes. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I just didn't want to respond to it. <laughs> <laughs> That's you know, it's funny you mentioned Point Doom and that was the name of this stupid movie that we watched one night. No way. It was it's uh Richard Grieco and uh Sebastian Bach. Wow. <laughs> Don't watch it. It's 
Oh, we MST'd the hell out of that thing. Oh, yeah. We riffed that sucker. Like, because at, at one point, I was just riffing to be funny. And I was like, is that Sebastian Bach? And it turned out it was actually Sebastian wow. Bach. Uh, but Andrew Dice Clay is it. It, it was. What? It is this really awful B movie from the early 2000s. It belongs on best of the worst. And wow. we were riffing that. Th- we were cracking ourselves up so hard. It was like, what, two in the morning one night? We just going off on this stupid movie. Oh, yeah. It was on Cinemax. So or much so. That, HBO yeah, or something like it's that. It's burned into both of our brains yeah. the moment somebody says Point Doom. Yeah. Mm. Which is a beautiful beach. Yeah. G- uh, guys. I think this weekend established that traumatic incidences don't burn <laughs> memories into your brain. You're going to forget stuff and get all cloudy. and Ugh. You're probably thinking of some other movie. <laughs> Richard Grieco, you're probably thinking of, you know, looks could kill. Or right. Especially, something. it could be Beach Week. You never know. Beach Week. Yeah. yeah. Beach Week and, and yeah. The, the worst part of the movie is there's this scene where Power Sebastian Fox shooting a shotgun, but he's he's like holding the shotgun like below his stomach, but like right above his crotch, and he jumps when he shoots the thing and shoots backwards. It's the most ridiculous thing ever. Point I'm doom, sh- everyone. I'm sure there's a YouTube video of it. Like if you Google Sebastian Bach firing Don't. shotgun... Don't. It it almost looks like he's got it against his crotch and he's shooting the shotgun. That's what it looks like. It is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in in a movie where guns are involved. And I've seen some pretty ridiculous gun wielding films. So, yeah, Point Doom, terrible, terrible <laughs> gunplay, amongst other things. There's a Zabriskie Point movie that I keep meaning to see because that's that's in the edge of Death Valley. Brisky Point. Zabriskie. Zabriskie Point. Yeah. I think that's like a detective thing, if I remember right. I don't know mm. what you're talking about right now. Uh, it's a movie. It's another point movie. I want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he'll, any tangent. <laughs> Have you heard of Point Break, everybody? Have you ever I seen the movie seen it, El Greco? <laughs> Marvel is getting ready to hit 80 years of myth-making. Marvel Comics confirmed plans for its upcoming anniversary, along with other new projects at New York Comic Con on Saturday during its next Big Thing panel. Marvel will roll out with one-shots to celebrate 80 years of comics publishing in January, including a pair of superhero adventures set in the 1940s. Hmm. Also part of the anniversary will be a series of one-shots based on classic genre titles from Marvel's early years, Crypt of Shadows, Journey into Unknown Worlds, War is Hell, Love Romances, Ziggy the Silly Seal, and Gunhawks. These are new or they're reprinting? I believe... No, they're, I think they're new ones based on the old, old wow. comics. War as Hell is Harvey Kurtzman, if I remember right. Okay. What yeah. about Ben Grimm? You said it was their next big thing. Among other announcements were February 7th. Andy! <laughs> wow, he went from his Vlarg impression to his fact check impression. <laughs> Among other announcements were February's Savage Sword of Conan from writer Jerry Duggan and artist Ron Garney with covers from Alex Ross. This is in addition to Jason Aaron and Mamet Asar's Conan the Barbarian series bowing in January. So that's two Conan series. Wow. And Alex is doing a cover. Uh, It's covers plural. Covers plural. I just jizzed plural. I was in a store and there was an Alex Ross painting in there and i was trying to explain to my dad 
double that up. you had a picture by him and he's like i couldn't get the concept through to him he's like no he he knew alex he has a portrait of himself by this guy yep. you mean like somebody who knew him no he had a portrait by the it's on the wall yeah yeah I've seen it. It's the nice. good old days. It's gorgeous. The good, the good, good old pictures. days. It's you as a Green Lantern, right? Yeah, that, Guy mm. Gardner, which is so funny because now in today's politically correct age, I'm getting people who are like, Kirsten, why Guy Gardner? <laughs> and it's just like, it was a hilarious character. Yeah, Guy and Gardner's he was, a fun character. He was constantly getting his comeuppance. I mean, that and was the thing that was funny about him. I was going to say, also, you oh, have you, you look a little more like Guy Gardner than you would any of the other oh, yeah. lanterns. I mean, so that, well, it, it made sense to me well, when I, you said Guy Gardner. So. I think I could pull off an Alan Scott, especially now that I'm old. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I can see that. Back when you were on first name basis with... Back then, yeah. Now now he'd probably have his security. He'd be like, like, who? Dump me in Lake Michigan. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) January will also see champions number one from the team rider, Jim Zub, artist Stephen Cummings. Champions will feature Miles Morales, Ms. Marvel, and, quote, every damn hero I can get my hands on, Zub said, jokingly referring to to the team as Legion of Superheroes, quote, unquote. And in the closing moments of the panel, the company teased another big event, War of the Realms, coming in April. So I don't look like a complete idiot, which I'm sure I will anyway. Too late. So Ms. Marvel and Captain Marvel are two separate characters. It's it's even more complicated than that. It's yeah. more complicated, it's much more complicated than, than Cara, Carol Danvers yes. was Ms. Marvel, who was essentially a female Captain Marvel. Okay. I mean, literally, like she was uh, the cycle, same costume. The cyclotron was was this Cree device that can literally grant wishes. Okay. And she's looking at Captain Marvel, and she literally wished, ah, oh, I wish I could do that, and boom! And and then it produced the weirdness that, that is her origin. Okay. Then he died. A whole bunch of Captain Marvels come and go. She eventually assumes the mantle of Captain Marvel. Okay. Ms. Marvel now is a... Indian, I think. Pakistani or Muslim Indian girl. I think it's Pakistani. It's Pakistani. Kamala Khan. Okay. She's Pakistani-American. So there's that... Um, that it's basically like Mr. Fantastic, kind of like that. And yeah, yeah, she... Her powers involve like... Kind of like stretching, kind of like growing. Okay. So she can do things like make her fists really big to punch you, but she can also make herself really tall and stuff. An upchuck. So, and it, it, she's well... She's well written and she's actually a, a popular character okay. with the newer generation. So it's like tons of Captain Marvel, and and that doesn't even include Monica Rambeau as Captain Marvel, Gina Marvel, who was my favorite. Because um, that's yeah. where I was getting confused. Because somebody, uh, I was having a comics discussion at work the other day, and somebody said, "No, Ms. Marvel and Captain Marvel are the same." And then I said, I thought they're two separate characters. They were. Yeah. So at one point, they actually were the same character. Yeah, you, you were talking to somebody about my age who hasn't read comics in a few years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. that's where I was just like completely lost. I didn't, I, and I had no frame of reference. It's a whole to, new Captain Marvel, a whole new Ms. Marvel. And I, I'm looking forward gotcha. to the movie. Oh, yeah. Because uh, Jude Law is playing Marvel. Right. So they're actually, it's not even like they're ignoring Allegedly. that part. They, they, yeah, that's true. That's true. We don't Since know. For they, sure. they still have not but, quote. But Marvel is going to yeah. be in it, is right, what they're right, saying. Right, right, right. And but I saw Lee Pace in there too as Ronan. Yeah. yeah. Yes. 
Yeah, yeah because it takes place in the yeah, okay. ni- 80s, 90s, 90s, 90s. 90s. Yeah, yeah. so you haven't seen the preview, and you don't want to hear anything about I, it. I didn't. I, I've seen one clip where she's shooting shit out of her hands, and I was like, oh. yeah, I haven't seen that clip. I saw the trailer and was actually quite excited about it. Yeah, me too. I'm, they establish in that they the trailer opens up with a still of uh, that mean they're, they're zooming in on a blockbuster video. Oh yeah, and it's like oh, that's how we're gonna establish where it is. Okay, good, nice. Yeah, and nice. of course, her riding in the car with Sam Jackson as Nick Fury with two eyes. With, yeah, with no eye patch was was pretty awesome. The Chronicles of Narnia is set to become a streaming franchise. The, the official chronic what calls of Narnia? That's, that's <laughs> the one. That's the one. The official fa- going? Sorry, streaming. Oh, oh, I see where you're, you're hurting. Sorry, I was you're an hurting. SNL you're, digital show. You heard the S word. You're hurting already. The official Facebook page for C.S. Lewis's beloved fantasy series announced that Netflix has okay. signed a multi-year deal oh, good. with the C.S. Lewis company to produce both series and films based on the Narnia world and its characters. The Narnia series is among the most beloved fantasy sagas of all time, encompassing seven novels published between 1950 and 1956, with more than 100 million copies of the novels been sold worldwide. And the first book, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, has been adapted for the screen several times, including a franchise-launching feature film in 2005. That franchise continued with films based on Prince Caspian and The Voyage of the Dawn Treader, and a film based on The Silver Chair was in development as recently as last year, it's unclear at this point how Netflix's approach will adapt each book and how the series and films will interact. God bless Game of Thrones because it really has gotten them to accept that you can take a book series and do a movie series, TV series, as opposed to you have to cr- crunch it into a movie trilogy. It, it, it's, it's just because all this stuff is getting the treatment it, it deserves. God, I, I, you know, and it's fantasy. I hope it's wildly successful just so that they keep doing it. And this is nuts. This week, Wheel of Time and Narnia. Mm. Big announcements. One from Amazon, one from Netflix. I yeah. had both of them, so yay. Conan, uh, <laughs> Conan fell through, didn't it, on Amazon? Yes. I read somewhere that it, yeah. it actually... That's not happening? Yeah. I missed that. Or, or yeah. That's, yeah. So, wah. There's also... Um, one of the early Conan stories, Tower of the Elephant. That's, first, that's like the first one, isn't we, it? We talked about this, or Phoenix on the Sword, I don't know. They It fell into the uh, public domain. Oh, and no, wow. So, you, I don't even know if you covered this a couple of years ago, but some movie company in Thailand made a movie on the, that, that Conan story. And it's it's a Conan movie. They just they can't use like Conan the Barbarian in the title and stuff like that. But because it's in the domain, they can take the actual story and adapt it. And they did. They just what made him Conan? <laughs> no, no, no. He's still Conan. They oh, just okay. can't use Got the name uh, uh, as <laughs> a just trademark. Say, they just can't say Conan the Barbarian. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. It, they use the title of the Who short is this story. Conan? He is a barbarian. Which they I'm totally forgetting like which one. Well, no, actually, they. They call him a barbarian, but he is never, ever Conan the Barbarian in the stories. He's right. Conan the Sumerian. Perfect. So, but uh, I haven't been able to track that down. I don't know. I don't know where it happened or what happened, but I remember it was, it was made. So, 
Johnny Walker has partnered with HBO to bring Game of Thrones fans White Walker Whiskey in anticipatory celebration of the acclaimed series' final season. Described as containing flavors of caramelized sugar, vanilla, and fresh red berries, the limited edition glass bottle uses thermodynamic ink that reveals a secret message when frozen. Johnny, Johnny Walker isn't spoiling what the message may contain. I think it's probably Drink Bar Ovaltine. The, <laughs> the limited edition Johnny Walker White Walker will be released in the U.S. nationwide starting sometime in October. Cool. If anybody well, sees I a bottle, pick it up. I guess just have that one bottle. Yeah. If you if you see a bottle, let me know because I'm I have a friend who's overseas who wants one and doesn't think it'll be here when he gets back. So I'll yeah. check Total Wine. That's how I got my uh, Blade Runner. Uh, Johnny, Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker. Mm. Yeah. All right, uh, we lost some people last week. We lost some people this week, so let's do our due, uh, due respect. Carlos Esquera, the legendary Spanish comic book artist best known for his work with 2000 AD, including the design of the iconic character Judge Dredd, died. He was 70 years old. Born mm. in Zag- wow. Zaragoza, Spain. Esquera... Esquera. You had a good start. I did. Began his career in his native country before transitioning to British publishers and had a breakthrough when he began drawing the war strip Rat Pack for the ongoing title Battle Picture Weekly. Then in 1976, editor Pat Mills and writer John Wagner asked Esquera to begin on a new character, Judge Dredd. Dredd, one of the most influential characters of comics history. That's the one. I knew you'd say that. First appeared in 2000 AD, number two, in the spring of 1977. And while Ascara did not pencil that first story, he is the character's co-creator, thanks to his ambitious and instantly iconic design work. The helmet, the eagle on the shoulder, and the vast cityscapes of Mega City all sprang from... Sprang. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> it sprang. Are we an hour and a half in? We it sure are. from him. Yes, we, we are. sure are. All sprang from Ascara's brain, and he eventually returned to the character to draw some of Dredd's spring, greatest sprung, tales. Spring, sprung, <laughs> From 1980s through the 2000s. Ascara drew thousands There's of no pages. no time. Let me splint. <laughs> thousands of pages of comic work throughout his career, from Dredd to Strontium Dog, which he also cre- co-created with Wagner, to his collaborations with writer Garth Ennis, including Bloody Mary and two Preacher specials. Also... That's a young age to die, man. Yeah. That's like tomorrow for you, right? Sorry? <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> also, celebrated Batman artist Norm Brayfogle also passed away at no. the age of 58. No oh. way. Yeah, he is credited with being the driving force in the evolution of the Batman character, which he was involved with consistently from 1987 to 1995. Between 1992 and 93, Bray Fogle started a new Batman series for DC called Batman Shadow of the Bat, which introduced three new characters, Jeremiah Arkham, Mr. Zads, and Amy Gadala? Amy Gadala? Created alongside with writer Alan Grant. Amy Gadala. I get it! His first foray into the world of DC began in 1977 when Bray Fogle submitted his own version of Robin's costume to DC Comics, which then appeared in the anthology series Batman Family No. 13. Outside of Batman, Bray Fogle worked on various other characters for most of the major comic book publishers, co-created the character Prime for Malibu Comics. He also created and owns the copyright and trademark for the character Metaphysique. 
Also, Scott Wilson, the actor who portrayed Herschel Green in The Walking Dead, passed away at the age of 76. Wilson was a veteran actor who appeared on other TV shows like The X-Files, Twilight Zone, and Robot Chicken, on which he reprised his role as Green. He also had an extensive film career with roles in The Great Gatsby and Pearl Harbor. Also, Will Vinton, the celebrated director and producer who was a pioneer in the cinematic art form, Claymation, has died at the age of 70. Vinton was perhaps best known for creating the California Raisins in 1986. I knew I knew that name for some reason. Vinton's Raisins proved to be so popular in commercials for the California Raisin Advisory Board, they went on to star in primetime specials on CBS and released a couple of albums. Other Vinton creations include the rabbit-like Domino's Pizza Noid and the personified M&M's red, green, blue, yellow, and orange. I got a bunch of those original raisins. Right? Yeah. We all had those friggin' raisins. Yeah, I, I did. My mom absolutely loved those for some reason. I still got them. Yeah, yeah I, we had the little uh, the little figures that had a... <laughs> it looked like a slice of bread and it had a little button on it. that you, they, it was the, the slice of bread was supposed to be the stage, and when you pushed the button, it would sing some, oh, okay. some of the... It would basically sing, I heard it through the grapevine and, like, and that's two other you, songs. And you put the little rubber raisins on top of that yeah. bread. And... Yeah. So mm. it would... It's a plastic thing of, yeah. I she bet all those raisins those. are rubber now. And we yeah. had the we had the uh, the album, at the least the first. Album. One. Oh, that's right. They did make an album. Two wow. of them. Two. Two? Wow. I didn't know they had the second one though. Beyond commercial characters, Vinton also produced several claymation fairy tales, including the Oscar-nominated Rip Van Winkle in 1978, holiday specials, and short-lived Eddie Murphy-penned claymation series The PJs in 1999. Oh, okay. Outside of the Raisins, Vinton became one of the defining creative forces in the 80s through his segment Speed Demon in Michael Jackson's anthology Moonwalker, and his work on The Adventures of Mark Twain in 1985 and Return to Oz in 1985. Claymation went on to become a copyrighted term by Vinton and influenced an entire generation of stop-motion filmmakers, including Dick Park, Henry Selick, and Tim Burton. That's interesting. So what was the what were they calling it when Gum, they were doing Gumby? Probably just stop-motion animation. Mm. Mm. I'm Gumby, damn it. Yeah. And that's, uh, what was that, uh, The Adventures of Mark Twain? If you haven't seen that segment of Adventures of Mark Twain with Satan... Oh. It's really disturbing, especially for a kid's show. It's mm. really some hardcore stuff. So I recommend checking it out if you haven't out there. It's impressive. Nintendo is reportedly... Oh, wait, wait. You, you, uh, I thought you were done with us. Here, here's one more. Uh, go ahead and read that for me there. Uh, Quentin Kinlan, uh, the guy who was uh, in Fury Road. Probably K. Remember better more details by now. Was Mad character? Max Fury Road? Hmm? Yeah, the the guy that died from Fury Road. Oh, oh, the uh, oh, the little the, the, the little, little person. Whatever, yeah. He's the son, one of the sons of uh, Immortan Joe. Oh, I missed that. And uh, yeah, that just actually that. Yeah, that, I, I I would have missed it too. Except Mandy has a picture with him. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Then now, yeah. Nintendo is reportedly working on a new version of the Switch. It's hit video game console in order to stay ahead of the competition and shore up sales that are no longer delivering the kinds of surprise blockbuster numbers that marked its first year in stores. Per the Wall Street Journal, it's not yet known exactly what hardware and software features the updated Switch will include, 
Those sources say Nintendo executives are toying with the idea of upgrading its liquid crystal display, which is currently lower in quality than those used in smartphone LCDs currently on the market. The tweak would translate to a brighter, thinner display that also more energy efficient. Still no word on whether Switch will finally add streaming service apps like Netflix and YouTube. Some rumors have had it, although the console does offer a Hulu app, a functionality that was noticeably missing when it first launched as a hybrid allowing gamers to leave their living room and go mobile. The company's push for a better system for its flagship device comes as Nintendo's stock has failed to keep pace with broader gains in the market. This despite Switch selling a solid 19.7 million units from when it first hit store shelves through June this year, roughly on par with sales of Sony's PlayStation 4. If all goes well, the new Switch will go on sale sometime in the second half of 2019. Trent Rezer? <laughs> Trent Rezer. Rezer, Rezer, Trent Rezer. Trent Rezer. Trent Rezer. Dollar Shave Club. <laughs> Trent Reznor and Atticus Rose of Nine Inch Nails are set to compose the music for Damon Lindelof's TV adaptation of Watchmen. He just danced over Lindelof without any problem. I've said Lindelof so many times in my life, right. usually in anger and hatred at the sky. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what it takes for you to get these down. <laughs> that's the secret. Yeah, I've heard him like watch something on TV. And he's like, did Damon, does, did Damon Lindelof create this? Because, God damn, this is horrible. <laughs> That's the secret. And, and He's this always is, angry at Lindelof. Uh, uh, Watchmen TV series? This is the one on HBO. One on HBO? We've, we've talked about, about it on times. the show. <laughs> Multiple times. On this show, we've talked yeah. about it a lot. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not. It's not the first time. I'm just, like, trying to comprehend it. Because we had the movie. Right. They better do the ending correctly. No. It's a separate. Are you doing a bit? What? <laughs> you, uh, it's drugs. What the the Watchmen or are you? Yeah, me. Oh, okay. No, it's just some of the medication I'm taking uh, is, is actually fucking with my short term memory. Oh, okay. So he thinks that's paid. The, I've paid the rent through November. All right. So Lindelof is creating a Watchmen TV show for HBO. Based on the Watchmen, but not telling the story of the Watchmen as we know it. Is it? It's post Watchmen. It's it's oh oh oh. It's not post. It's not post. It's in the same universe. Oh, yeah, okay. It's just not necessarily focusing on the Watchmen well, story. He, he might as well call it the world of the Watchmen. Oh. Yeah. All right. But New, Trent Reznor is doing the, the wonderful. World I was gonna of the say Trent Reznor because yeah. Uh, Snyder's use of music and uh, yeah, yeah. The duo, <laughs> the duo also scored Fincher's 2011 remake of The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo and 2014 adaptation of Gillian Flynn's novel Gone Girl, uh, based loosely on the twelve loosely on the twelve issue miniseries by Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons. Watchmen is set in an alternate history where superheroes are treated as outlaws. Although the upcoming TV series plans to embrace the nostalgia of the original graphic novel, it's going to carve out its own path and tell an original story. Watchmen premieres on HBO in 2019. Interesting. I still don't know how to feel about this one. Mainly because it's Lindelof. (laughs) I mean, don't get me wrong. I like Lindelof a hell of a lot better than, say, Mick G or Brett Ratner. Those are two other screen... What, Names what, that I screamed to this guy. What what has Lindelof done to anger you? Where 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 did Lindelof touch you? Uh, 
<laughs> he touched me in the lost bits. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, was he was he one of the lost guys? He is lost. Oh, okay. Lindelof is <laughs> Rim shot. lost. Wow. Okay, yeah. you need to you need to make a song. No, I don't. Uh, hating hating <laughs> Lindelof and and set it to Camelot. <laughs> Lindelof. 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 The only name I scream at the sky. Lindelof. You know his time is quite bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. See, you got it. But with Lindelof. 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 Just want to crap on his face. <laughs> <laughs> Some people wow. pay for that. What are you doing for free? What are you doing? <laughs> I don't hate him that much, but uh, fine. But you give sure him, don't give like him. Give him a Vegas steamer. Is that what you're gonna <laughs> Vegas steamer. That's wow. a Vegas steamer right there. Oh, did, did, did Matt name an episode title? <laughs> oh, no, that's not a Vegas steamer. A Vegas steamer is where... <laughs> that's on a bridge. Over Harmon. Oh, that's <laughs> right. There's your Vegas <laughs> steamer. That's the Vegas steamer, yeah. And again, I want to welcome our new listeners from Scoop Fest. <laughs> oh. French comic book series Under, about a near future where mutated monsters dwell in the sewers beneath America's cities, is being added to do ba God damn. Beardy, beardy, Is that a new streaming service? What the hell was that? <laughs> TM Bork, bork, bork Is being adapted for the screen by writer-producer Anthony Alaney And co-writer Brennan Hayden Created by author Christopher B And artist Stefano Author? 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 (laughs) It's almost an hour and 45 minutes into the show (laughs) Under Author Under follows the story of a disgraced detective In the subterranean police force Trying to maintain order in a sewer society populated by mutant crocodiles and warring factions. Partner with a young scientist, he's charged with stopping the chaos of the sewers from reaching the surface world. Originally published in France by Le Lombard, Under was adapted into English by Titan Comics. And Variety reports that both publishers are part of the movie production team. Anthony Aline, maybe, is known for British indie horror Sunburn. Which currently has no U.S. distributor. Cool. Under. Not over. Not over. Till the fat lady sings. What was that Christopher Lambert movie where he's in the subway? It's called Subway. Yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> Tangent, everybody. I, I, I love that you asked and answered your own question and gave it a good explanation. Yeah. Point. Andy. It's a method to my madness. Lambert. In- inside voice. Inside voice. <laughs> But how do like I let th- them know that I have no mon- inner monologue because of all the like, sketching? It was like a three-sentence play. <laughs> AMC is reportedly eyeing ways to extend The Walking Dead's media reach to achieve the kind of longevity enjoyed by enduring story universes like Star Wars and Marvel. Bloomberg reports that AMC is prepared to open its checkbook as it seeks to partner with major studios to help spin The Walking Dead into a much bigger franchise, one that features movies, streaming shows, and the continuing presence on the network's mainstay TV channel. AMC reportedly is still in the planning stages and unprepared to offer details, but in the near term, the idea is a, is to devise a way for The Walking Dead to entrench itself even further into pop culture consciousness over the next decade by creating new stories 
that can spread across TV, film, and on-demand platforms. Too. I look forward to the new Walking Dead Happy Meals. <laughs> yeah, I can get behind that. I would yeah. actually get a Happy Meal. So, so, so what would the Happy Meal toy be for the Walking Dead? What would be these, these, like... Five or six usually, right? Uh, you'd have the one that you'd have the bicycle girl first off. That was a torso up, mm-hmm. and that one's just a, a chunk of plastic just reaching out, mouth open, but a button that makes it moan. Okay, so yeah, I was gonna say little. most girls got that. Boom! God damn it! God <laughs> damn it! <laughs> I was gonna say a little thing of chocolate pudding on the side. Oh, the oh wow! That comes that totally changes pudding. my joke. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's some deep Walking Dead reference right I there, know, Mister. Right? I'm impressed. <laughs> that's better than the Szechuan sauce. <laughs> and if you're lucky, you get a dead Herschel. A dead Herschel. <laughs> Herschel's chocolate could be like Carl's eye. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy, okay. Daddy, why is there an eye patch in my? Do you butt? remember when there was was it was an Anastasia movie animated movie? Yes. And one of the toys, I can't remember which, I can't remember if it was Burger King or McDonald's, but one of the toys was an albino bat that chased an eyeball. It was I, like I, an, you pulled the bat, you pulled the eyeball away from the bat, and it was a Jeff string. reaches for his phone. sucked it in and, and, and rolled after and chased this eyeball, basically. Did it do anything else besides go toward the eyeball? Like, did the wings flap or anything? Nope, or just, just rolled towards the eyeball. Okay. It was a really weird Happy Meal toy. I never saw Anastasia, so I don't understand the reference at all. All right, see, 1997. Oh, there he goes. Oh, good, good. What do you got, Eddie? Show it to us. Show us some visuals on this podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Podcast radio, folks. Show us. While he's looking for the bat with the eye toy. (laughs) Yep, there it is. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't even bat an eyelash. Was that exciting for you, too, Burger King. There it is. It there was a it, it was a Burger King kids meal toy. There you go. Burger King. You um, basically you pulled on the eyeball like it was on a string. You pull that out and then that much I got that. Oh, and then winds it up the motor and then as the motor drives it forward, it retracts the cable that is attached or the the rope that's attached to the eyeball and pulls it back in. I still don't understand the toy. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to have seen the movie to understand. Why I it saw did what parts it did. of the movie, and if I remember correctly, um, what's his name? Voice the bat. Um, um, Freaking brilliant character actor who was on Mad About You and uh, Aristocrats, and ah, uh, oh, what the hell's his name? Uh, Hank Azaria. Oh, Hank Azaria voiced the bat. If I remember correctly. I seem to recall something like that. Yeah, he does, does not explain the eye. Yeah. Well, I did. Yeah, I think <laughs> Rasputin was around and falling up. He was like, undead. Rasputin was part of it, as I recall. There was a zombie and animated Anastasia. Yeah, I think so because it takes place long. Todd getting behind that. Yeah. <laughs> well, it would have to because Anastasia is long after they're all killed and Rasputin died before them. Yeah. Eventually, it took forever. Yeah. Right. He's a tough bastard. Yeah. What a weird choice for an animated movie. Isn't it? Did he take like 22 shots or like, so, like they threw him in the they river. Poisoned they him through a frozen him. river, cut off his dick allegedly. No, not allegedly. <clears throat> yeah, you can get the toy. You pull the dick and he runs out. No, there's there's some conjecture by historians that they didn't about the toy. I don't know, no, man. That's that they a didn't great toy. actually do all of those things. That's to a Burger King joint. 
What pulls no, on you and what you run at? Toy. Oh! <laughs> Are we done? Yes, we're done. I yes. won! I won! Yes! What? What? You think it's you killed part the show? Of my plan. No, you think no. you killed the show with that stupid ass toy? No, no, no. No, you didn't. We're at the time. But this I, ain't because of you. I held back <laughs> through my bizarre side quests. I held back uh, news you don't give a shit about. I'm sorry. You ever, you never he's, got to he's, he's claiming to have killed the news you don't give a shit about. Oh, oh, oh he, he's, he's saying that he feels <laughs> because he feels that that's his his doing and not oh, your choice, and not, not the fact that there was no news we didn't give a shit about this week. And damn it, I'm sure there was a lot. Of, I'm directly into Weekend Geek because of that. I'm sure there was a lot of news we don't give a shit about this week, just none that are appropriate for our show. Oh, of course, <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks for making me feel so dirty much of my again. side quest. Damn it! Yeah, I was so proud. Now it's all gone. All I have left is my man spread. What's your man spread? <laughs> Write to us comments at uglycouchshow.com. And I hope we get to see you at Scoop Fest this weekend, yeah. Saturday. I believe our we're doing the Couchman at two o'clock. If I remember right. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, is that it two? Okay, yeah, two o'clock on Saturday. We're kicking off the events that day. So a live reading. Of the Couchman. And until next nice. week, I'm Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Fact check Dandy. Maple Leaf Matt. And we'll talk to you this Saturday at Scoop Fest and next week in Geek. Yeah. So my uh, my uh, acting debut is going to be next Tuesday. Is it now? Yeah. yeah. It's going to be in a show called Hello Darling that uh, Anias uh, Penny Pippets uh, put together. Oh, so. like live stage acting No, debut. no. It's, it's a film. It's a oh. short film. Okay. So, yeah, but she she directed it and wrote it. And um, I've got a small role where I actually talk. So oh. I, that's why I'm calling my acting debut because all my other stuff have been as like Silent, a, ba- background a background role. character. So yeah. you don't you don't mean it's a it's a, a role where you actually mumble? No, I actually speak clearly. I think. I, I don't buy it. How many takes? <laughs> I don't buy it. Uh, not many. It was pretty okay. pretty easy. All right. Yeah. All right. You know what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Dubbed. Ha 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 ha!